Good morning, Flagler County. This is Danielle Anderson, your host of Lifeline, the radio show connecting you to positivity in our community. And we have a very special guest in the studio today, something that I don't think most of us have ever heard of. Um, good morning, Mariah. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. So um, for folks who don't know you yet, just let them know who you are and um, how did you come to be in Flagler County? Yeah, so my name is Mariah George. I'm actually born and raised in Indiana, um, but my husband and I moved to Florida um, a couple years ago. We just kind of always wanted to be in a warmer place, (laughs) Um, and so we actually originally lived in central Florida, um, but we moved over here to Palm Coast a little over a year ago. Um, We just really liked the area, and uh, we both work from home, so we wanted to be by the coast. That's pretty cool. So what do you guys do? Is it a specific industry that you can move anywhere? Um, not really. I mean, I, I do uh, digital marketing for a magazine and my husband, uh, he's a financial analyst. Um, and it just so happens that both the companies we work for um, are fully virtual, um, which which is great. That's amazing, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> so how did that kind of help you get through COVID? Um, so he started working for his company post-COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they... Um, just went virtual post COVID and I started working for mine kind of during COVID. And so they originally used to be in person. Um, but then post COVID, they just decided to stay virtual. So, um, we haven't worked in office for a long time (laughs) and it's been great. (laughs) I I think people haven't realized like how awesome, you know, having that flexibility really is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been a huge blessing for us, especially with what's going on with your son. Yeah, for sure. So um, we really want to talk about what's going on because I received this amazing press release and I was like, what is going on? What does that even mean? So tell me a little bit about the, it's a foundation that you've started, right? Yes. Okay. So tell us about your son and why you started the foundation. Yeah. So my son's name is Luca. He just turned two in October and he was diagnosed in February with this ultra rare genetic condition. Um, There are... Very few cases of this. It's called SPATA 5L1 Related Disorder. Um, So that's S-P-A-T-A 5L1. Um, There's no really name for this disorder, so they call it they just call it a disorder related to the SPOTA 5L1 gene. Um, And so he was diagnosed in February after um, we were dealing with, um, you know, he was delayed um, in milestones and then he was actually diagnosed with epilepsy. Um, And so because of those things, we were looking for an underlying cause. Um, We weren't really expecting this ultra rare diagnosis. And when I say ultra rare with his specific diagnosis, disease there are less than 60 worldwide in the entire world (laughs) how can you even find somebody who knows what that is then we have actually found quite a few people um just from my diligence i guess um so after his diagnosis you know i'm obviously like scouring the internet trying to find people trying to find research and there's literally like one paper written about this um the gene was actually first written about in 2021. Like it's that newly discovered. (laughs) Science is amazing, right? Uh, I know. It's crazy. The world we live in. Um, So after his diagnosis, you know, we started looking for other people and we actually found um, a a different group of families that are, um, their children have a condition called Spotify. five. So Luca has Spotify L1, but there is another condition that's just Spotify. And these two genes are very, very closely related. They're kind of like cousins. 
Um, and disorders of both of these genes cause the same exact set of symptoms. Um, so global intellectual and physical disability, um, epilepsy, and hearing loss. And so when we got his diagnosis in February, we actually had no idea that he had any hearing loss. Um, and so after we got his diagnosis, we went and had his hearing tested. And we were so shocked to find out that he's deaf. We had no idea. Did, I mean, okay, so I have to, <laughs> like, a kinda, lot here. Yeah, we have to back this up a little. So, so you started having seizures, mm-hmm. um, and then what happened? So you guys, you went to vis- visit a doctor, probably, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So when he was um, about six months old, we kind of started noticing he wasn't really meeting all of his milestones, and so we started, um, you know, like physical and occupational therapy. But at that point, we just thought he was a little behind. You know, no big deal. He needs a little push. Um, but then when he was eight months old, we started noticing some really odd movements um he would kind of drop his head and he, his body would almost like shut down um for quick you know maybe five seconds or something it was super weird um and so the first few times it happened we were like mm, he's just like goofing off or something you know no big deal but then it started to happen more often um and so i called his pediatrician and his pediatrician was like pack your bags go to arnold palmer children's hospital in orlando i'm gonna call neurology and tell them that you're on your way Wow. Yeah. And so that was, I think, July um, of 2022. Um, and so we went and we spent two two nights at the hospital. Um, they hooked him up to an EEG, said, yeah, he's having seizures. Um, you know, and from there, um, we tried a couple different medications and uh, he actually has what's called drug resistant epilepsy. So medications uh, have not really worked for him. Nothing yet. Yeah, nothing yet. And um, that is pretty common with the with these disorders, um, what they call drug-resistant epilepsy. Um, we tried three medications originally and nothing worked. Um, so then when you have drug-resistant epilepsy, one of the next things that they try is a medically supervised ketogenic diet. Oh. Um, so Luca is two years old and he's on a keto diet. <laughs> He'll be fit forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty much exactly what you think about when you think keto for weight loss, you know, he is very, very high fats, very, very low carb and actually re- low protein as well. So like 80% of his diet is fat. Wow. Yeah. And, um, they don't really know why, but it works for, for seizures. Um, and it actually worked for Luca for a while. Um, but then unfortunately it just kind of stopped working. So, um, now we're back to kind of square one. <laughs> so did I? I think it was seizures um, that Charlotte's Web. They initially got that started in Florida, yes. which was giving children mm-hmm. um, like low doses. I think of THC. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, Charlotte's Web is um, CBD, and I think some of their products do have some THC in them. So um, we've we've actually thought about uh, trying Charlotte's Web before. We've tried a different. Um, there's a drug called Epidiolex, which is like an FDA approved CBD, um, which we have tried, and unfortunately, it hasn't worked. Um, so once you try so many anti seizure medications, the odds of one working get lower and lower. <laughs> there's always hope. There's always yeah, yeah. We um, we actually have a um, an appointment with his neurologist next month, and we're going to kind of talk about okay, where are we at? What haven't we tried? What what are our next steps? So then, you know, after you found out he had um, he was having those seizures. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't just right off the bat diagnose him, right? They still no. had to do other things. Yeah. So once he had the seizures, you know, we had this combo of okay, he has seizures and he's pretty delayed. Like, what's going on? What's his underlying issue? Um, so from there, you know, we did, he did 
a bunch of blood work. Um, we had an MRI, which came back normal. Um, and then we did, uh, we did a spinal tap, um, which we kind of thought we might find an answer from, but we didn't, everything was normal. And so at that point you do genetic testing. Um, and so we did two original rounds of genetic testing, which are pretty small, um, like a database that they run like certain genes that are related to epilepsy only, um, and nothing came back. And so then, um, towards the end of 2023, um, our geneticist was like, okay, our next step is what they call a whole exome sequencing, which looks at like 80% of disease causing genes in your body. Um, and so we did that and sent that off and, uh, Valentine's day last year, we got the phone call, Hey, your results are back. And, uh, it's this disease you've never heard of. <laughs> wow. So it was it, at that point, like we had had a while to kind of come to terms with, okay, we're probably dealing with something genetic here, you know, but we weren't expecting it to be that rare. That just, it, it, it's just mind boggling to yeah. think that you could come up with something that's just so like 60 people in the entire world mm-hmm. have been diagnosed. Yeah. And, um, when you combine that with the other group, the spot of five group, there's less than a hundred of both total worldwide. So it's, it, it's insane. <laughs> so, oh, so now what's the next step for him? I mean, mm-hmm. so then you, then you discovered that he was deaf. Mm-hmm. So you had no idea before that, that he could not hear you. No, we had no idea. So, you know, in February, when we got the diagnosis, he was about one and a half. Um, and from there, you know, we realized that um, every single person diagnosed with this disorder had some level of hearing loss. So we knew that we had to have his hearing tested. And we went into it. We were like, he doesn't have any hearing loss, you know, and we thought maybe some mild hearing loss, you know, and they they did a sedated um, ABR test, auditory brainstem response test. And um, when they, they came in out and said, hey, Luca's done, and they pulled us into a little conference room, which we had never been in before. And he, we've been there for a lot of procedures. And so we knew something was up. <laughs> and, you know, they sit us down and they say, uh, listen, your son has severe to profound hearing loss, um, which is pretty much almost completely deaf. But did he respond to you before? Yeah. I mean, you know, he did, but in his own way, cause he is delayed, you know, he, he doesn't do the stuff a typical two year old does. Um, he doesn't speak. He, he can't walk. He doesn't um, crawl, you know, things like that. And so we just kind of contributed it to his overall delays, you right. know, and, um, you know, we would talk to him and he would smile at us and laugh at us. And so, you know, the, the genetic diagnosis was really shocking, but hearing that our son was deaf was definitely almost more shocking than, than this genetic diagnosis. Um, it just completely came out of the blue for us. You unexpected. Know. Yeah, yeah, very unexpected. Um, you know, and so from there, um, you know, we dealt with it for a little bit and, you know, cried about it and, and everything. And then, uh, he got hearing aids and, um, it was so sweet to watch him get <laughs> hearing aids. Um, now there's only so much that hearing aids can do though. Um, because hearing aids really only amplify the things that you hear. Well, he doesn't really hear much, <laughs> um, for him, anything, 
it has to be like above 90 decibels for him to hear, which 90 decibels is like very, very loud, like a jackhammer almost. That's <laughs> yeah. pretty loud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the hearing aids weren't really uh, doing much. So we started the route to cochlear implants. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. So he got his first cochlear implant in November. And we had it activated on December 5th or December 14th. That was his activation day. <laughs> um, and so um, he's doing really well with it. Um, we'll eventually get the second one. But it's it's really exciting to know that he can actually he can hear us now. That, yeah. Does he respond? Or I mean, are you guys like talking to him about like really cool things and how amazing he is? And yeah, just yeah. We talk to him all the time, you know, and we, we've never stopped that. You know, once we found out that he was deaf, we were like, you know, this doesn't change anything, um, you know. And so with the cochlear now, we're, we're a little more um, – uh, we try to be more – uh, particular with what we're saying because we're trying to get him to to learn from what we're saying now um and uh, but he definitely responds we took video when when they turned it on and his face just lit up <laughs> it, was, it was so, so sweet awesome. and um there was one part though where he cried uh because you know th- imagine never hearing anything you know and then all of a sudden you've got all this sound you're like oh my gosh that's overwhelming especially for a two-year-old like turn down I'm yeah good. <laughs> yeah so there are definitely times where he he we call it we just say you want your ear on and there are definitely times where he wants his ears off (laughs) so do you think um now that he's able to really hear and get those sounds and start Mm -hmm. to learn like that do you feel like it's going to help him with his speech and his ability to interact Mm -hmm. that's our hope um you know overall we we don't know um you know we don't really know how his brain processes things and overall he is delayed so you know, that, that is ultimately the hope. I want to hear him say mom, you know, and, and I want him to be able to communicate with us. Um, but you know, we, we also have to be realistic and know that that might not happen. Um, and there is also, you know, maybe when he's older, he may not want to hear, he may not want to wear his cochlear. He may want to do ASL and, and that's totally fine. You know, um, we're going to do whatever we can to, uh, communicate with him in the best way. And, um, and just help him him thrive in his way. That's so. so cool. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to talk about what comes next. We'll be right back. Hey, who's taking care of your air conditioner? If you don't have somebody good, give me a call. My name's Kyle. I've been doing air conditioning in Flagler County for 13 years. I'm now with Quantum AC. We look forward to being your air conditioning company. If you haven't had a checkup in a while, you really should. Call Kyle's cell phone number anytime. Okay. I'm Joe Wright. Quantum AC, part of the Quantum family. 586-9039. I look forward to your call. 586-9039. All right, so uh, we are back with Mariah, and we're talking science now. So she's giving me a little lesson here. Tell me a little bit about um, how it's passed down. Yeah, so um, I'm not a geneticist. I just want to let that be known. She plays one on TV, though. <laughs> um, but uh, but I, I have learned a lot. And so, um, yeah, so this condition and, and a lot of genetic conditions are inherited in what's known as an autosomal recessive manner. Um, so everybody has, we're supposed to have, two copies of every gene in their body. Um, so I have two copies of the SPOTA 5L1 gene, and my husband has two copies of the SPOTA 5L1 gene. So when you pass those genes to your child, you know, it's kind of like when you think eye color. If mom has brown eyes, dad has green eyes, the baby has a chance of having either one, depending on what gene they get from each parent. Right. And that's the same when it comes to this condition. So when 
so when Luca um, came about, he had to get those Spotify L1 jeans from us. And it turns out that one of my copies is bad, has a mutation in it. And one of my husband's copies has a mutation in it. We had no idea. <laughs> How yes. rare is that for and, the two of you to both oh, have that, that? That's insane. I mean, it's just insane, <laughs> you know, which that's how a lot of conditions come about. You know, we all have mutations in oh, our gosh, genes. Yeah. You know, you probably have mutations in some of your genes, but... I'm like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. <laughs> yeah, you know, but those conditions don't come become apparent until you get two bad copies. Um, yeah. There are some conditions that only take one bad copy but um in this case it takes two and so when luca was you know getting our genes he just so happened to get both bad copies um so he could have gotten a bad copy for me and a good copy from um his dad and you know then he would be like a carrier because i'm a carrier so i only have one bad gene but my good one kind of makes up for that bad one that's awesome um yeah but for luca he got two bad genes. You know, maybe it happened for a reason. I mean, yeah. you know, because now you've started this foundation mm-hmm. and it's going to create awareness and more parents may find out that they really, it's not really one thing, that it's actually something different. Yeah, yeah. We're we're trying to create a lot of awareness. And like I said, this gene was really only written about uh, for the first time in 2021 um, and only started showing up on um, genetic testing at that point. So anybody who had whole exome sequencing done before 2021 would have not received this diagnosis. So we actually have had a few families get in contact with us, say, hey, my child is nine years old or my child is 30 even. Um, You know, we maybe did genetic testing years ago and it didn't come back anything, but every so many years they rerun uh, genetic testing because of things like this. And so now people are coming to us and saying, hey, we just got this diagnosis because it didn't show up before now. You know, it, it didn't exist. Yeah, it, it didn't exist. So it's 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 crazy. And, um, you know, I, I know nothing about so I don't have any science background. I don't have any uh, nonprofit experience or anything. But when we got the diagnosis, I was like, I've got to do something. You know, I mean, like this isn't even known about, you know. You know, and we actually, um, we have someone here who, uh, Paula Wilburn started the Down Syndrome Association mm. uh, back when her son Keaton was very young because there were no resources. Okay, yeah. So, it, and it's kind of similar, mm-hmm. you know, so when you're starting this, what are your, what are you kind of looking to do and, and what do you need? Yeah, um, so first and foremost, we want to be a place for um, caregivers and parents of, of people with these conditions to come. Um, you know, when, when Luca got diagnosed, that's the first thing I looked for was a Facebook group or something dedicated to, to parents that are living with this, with their children that have this, and that wasn't there. And so that is one of our main goals is we want to be a place where when people get a diagnosis, they can come to a place, they can find out information that's not buried in 70 page medical research papers. Right get some basic information and then connect with families. And so we created, you know, the website so people could come get information. And we also have a Facebook group where families can join. Are people starting to come to it? Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of families. Um, I mean, we found, I'd say probably like 10 or 12 Spotify L1 families. Um, now there was already a Facebook group for Spotify families. So they've actually grown quite a bit over the years. Um, but we kind of join together. Um, so we have found quite a few families and, and there's been a lot of new families just reach out from the website. Um, so that's been, it's been really great. And so that's one of our main goals is just coming together and having support through each other. Um, 
And the next would be just advocacy and awareness, you know, telling people, hey, if your child has epilepsy and hearing loss and maybe delay, um, and there's some other things associated with it, like microcephaly, um, you know, you might want to think about getting genetic testing because not everybody does, Um, you know, and for us, it was a blessing to do the genetic testing because otherwise, I don't know when we would have had his hearing tested. You know, and so if we wouldn't have got that genetic result, uh, he may still not even have hearing capability. And, you know, now we ended 2023 with a cochlear implant and we started 2023 not even knowing he was deaf, you know. And so it was it it was a blessing for us to do the genetic testing. Um, And unfortunately, it's it's not super accessible for people um, because it's expensive. Is it? Yes. We, uh, insurance doesn't cover whole exome sequencing typically. Um, so we actually had to pay about $4,000 out of pocket for it. And for most families that's, uh, that's unattainable. Yeah, it's, it's not. And, um, thankfully we have some wonderful families and, and friends who helped us fundraise for it. Um, you know, but it's just, it's not attainable for a lot of people. So do you think there's an opportunity like for maybe the government or, um, even private industries to say, listen, because this is so rare, mm-hmm. we can start to test for these things and we're happy to help, you know, because sometimes um, drug companies or things like that, they have special programs that mm-hmm. will help families. Do you think that could be something? I think so, yeah. Um, it's hard when you when you talk about whole exome, though, because there's so many genes that they test. Um, you know, when the, the first genetic test we did was what they call an epilepsy panel, um, and that's actually funded by um, a couple of different epilepsy groups, I think, and so we didn't have to pay anything for that. But when you're talking whole exome, I mean, you're looking at thousands of genes in your body. I mean, it's, you know, and so I definitely think, yeah, there's definitely a place where um, the government could step in or, or different medical entities. Because if you could get these diagnoses sooner, you can start treating stuff much sooner. And to be completely honest, if whole exome sequencing was accessible before even having kids, you could eliminate a lot of these genetic conditions um, unless they happen randomly, which happens, you know. And um, that's probably a whole other conversation. No, but, that's you what know, it, yeah, I mean, yeah. And it's, you know, not that I, you know, I, I love my son and I wouldn't change, you know, I love him how he is. Yeah. I do wish the circumstances were different for him because I want him to have the best life possible. And so, you know, if if family planning could include something like that, I would be crazy, you know. That's a great idea. You yeah. know, when we're talking about reproductive rights and things like mm-hmm. that. That's a huge topic right now. Yeah. I mean, that could be something that's a part of it. Yeah, for sure. I think so, too. So if people want to help out, um, are you 501c3 yet? Yes, we are a 501c3, um, and we are happily accepting donations. <laughs> um, we're hoping to fund some kind of research project this year um, and also just help fund different ways for us to, you know, to spread awareness, whether it's T-shirts or posters or something. Um, and so we um, we have a website. It's spatafoundation.org. That's S-P-A-T-A foundation.org. And you can learn more about the disorder on there. Um, you can see some pictures of our kiddos who um, are Spata warriors. And uh, you can also uh, open your pockets and make some donations. Definitely. I mean, especially since, you know, creating awareness, it may help somebody else get diagnosed. Yes, for sure. Yes. That's super important. Well, thank you for coming in, and I hope like we can have you back if that's okay. Yeah, thank you so much. I, I'm really happy to be here and and to tell my son's story. Um, you know, we we ultimately started the foundation for Luca, um, but 
it is there for everybody, for everybody diagnosed with these disorders. And I'm glad it's it's getting the word out and helping mm-hmm. people, you know, because it's scary when you don't know what's going on with your child. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, even though this condition is literally ultra rare, um, there are thousands of rare conditions out there. There are more people living with rare conditions than you know. We can help them all. I believe it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we want to thank Coastal Cloud, Joe Wright, and the Quantum Family of Businesses, WNZF News Radio, and Flagler News Weekly for sponsoring the show. And we'll see you next week.